Hey friend, we're Lisa Lord and Sarah Jacobson, and this is the Christian Business Breakdown, a podcast for faith-led coaches, course creators, and creatives to start, build, and scale their business, all without second-guessing their every move. We're former teachers turned business owners who finally broke down and ditched trying to run our businesses the way everyone said we should. If you're ready to become the expert in your business without trying to do all the things, then you're in the right place. Join us each week as we equip you with the tools and skills you need to be an empowered CEO, discerning the best strategies to maximize impact and income for your unique business, and even have a little fun along the way. We love practical business strategies, Jesus, and keeping it real. It's time to break it down. Hello, and welcome to the Christian Business Breakdown Podcast. We are so excited that you're here. If you're new here, thanks for joining us, and we're new here too. This episode is designed so we can get to know each other, so you can get to know us too. So today I'm going to start. My name is Sarah, and I'm going to do an interview of Lisa, because the truth is, while we're business partners, we haven't actually been friends for a super long time, and so we don't even know these answers to these questions about each other. So we're excited to share this with you as we dive in. So my first question for you, Lisa, is how did you make the decision to leave your career in teaching, which you did for a long time, and dive into your photography business, which you've had for the past 11 years? Teaching was what I always wanted to do. Um, As a kid, I wanted to be a teacher. You know, I'd sit there with all my Cabbage Patch kids and teach them with my little chalkboard. I loved that, but I knew I wanted to be a mom more than that. So as soon as I got pregnant, I took a leave from school and I knew I probably wouldn't go back. I did go back and substitute a little bit. I also worked like front office and did some para work and stuff like that for a little while. But I knew that like teaching full time with having three kids was not really where I wanted to be. So I was constantly looking for an extra way to help support my one income family. So it was really important for us for me to be home. I needed a way to make money. I did tutoring. I did all sorts of crazy, weird, odd jobs, which we can talk about some other time. But my sister got a camera and asked me to take photos of her family. And I did. And it turned out great and the rest is kind of history. That's awesome. So did it feel like it was this slow decision that you made and transition or was it just you had kids and you knew I wasn't going to stay in teaching? I think I knew from the beginning. I knew it was, I knew I never wanted to go back full time until maybe they were all in school. But even then I was like, teaching is re- I don't think people realize how emotionally yes. difficult it is. And how much you have to give and talk and give emotionally at school. And so when you come home at the end of the day, it's not that, it's not that you're tired as much as you're just kind of drained. Yes. And I didn't want that for my family. For sure. So I knew I wanted something else. So I, I, photography was kind of a slow thing that I fell into. Like I wasn't one of those people who was like, I took photography in high school and I loved it and all the, no, I never even picked up a camera until I was like in my mid thirties. Wow. I didn't know that. That's new for me. So you have these three children. They happen to be all boys. I also have two boys. So Lisa and I are both boy moms, moms, five (laughs) boys between us. So what do you love? I would love to know what you love about being a mom of now three older boys. Your youngest is in seventh grade, eighth eighth grade. grade. So eighth grade and up. So what's it like being a boy mom? And what do you find the most challenging part about being a boy mom in particular? Oh, gosh. I love being a boy mom. What's funny is when we found out with our third, we we found out we were having a third boy and everybody's like, oh, are you going to try for the girl? And I was like, nope, I thank you very much. I love the boys. Um, I have all the boys stuff. I know how to do all the boy things. So I love having boys. Uh, there's not much drama. So that's helpful. Agreed. I do love yes. that about having boys. Um, being older 
boy mom, I think so many people are like scared of the teenage years and they dread it. I love the teenage years. So those of you who are listening with little kids, uh, take heart. The teenage years are fun. I I was a middle school. I was a middle school teacher, so I was glutton for punishment anyway, but I just love, I, I get to see their little personalities coming out and like them forming who they are and the decisions they're making. And we can have intelligent conversations and like, we can have funny jokes back and forth. And so I love being an older boy mom. The hardest part is they don't communicate super well. So getting them to talk about things. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you have to really ask hard questions and you have to pull things out of them. They don't just volunteer information, you know, and a lot of times I hear things from other people. I'm like, oh, didn't know that, you know, so that can sometimes be hard just because they don't love to just sit down and chit chat with me. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. It sometimes it flows, but most of the time it's like pulling teeth to get information. A lot of times our car rides are very quiet and sometimes girls will get in the car and it's like, why are you guys so quiet? Why aren't you talking? And I'm like, well, boys just like to sit and, you know, listen to their music or just hang out and that's okay. Right. They speak like half as many words as we do. So yes, (laughs) sometimes at the end of the day, they've used all their words. That's right. That's right. It's not like that. They don't want to talk to you. They've just used up their words. You are a teacher turned photographer, you have these three boys. At what moment in this process, you said it was really just this like progression of being a photographer, but at what moment did you feel like you could honestly say to other people, I'm actually a really good photographer? Was it like this moment or was that also a progression over time as you built that business? That's a great question. I would say it's a long time coming. I think certain days I would even say, am I really that good? (laughs) I think that's just part of being a business owner, part of having your own business. And like, it's hard to toot your own horn and it's hard to think I am really good at this, but I would say, I mean, I was a photographer for probably seven or eight years before I really felt like I was a I like to say before I was, I felt like I was a professional photographer. If somebody were to ask me at the very beginning, like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a stay at home mom. And I do some photography on the side. And it took me about eight years before I felt like I could say, no, I'm a professional photographer. I do this full time. You know, people are always like, do you do that full time? I'm like, yes, I do. And I make money at it. So I think that came hand in hand. Like when I realized I was a professional, that's when I knew I took good photos. I don't know. It's kind of a weird, like hand in hand, like calling myself a professional, but also knowing I was good at it. So, but I felt like it took a while. In those eight years that you were um, not sure that you were a professional photographer, how many people's pictures were you taking? What was business like in those eight years that you still questioned, am I really a good photographer? Yeah, I would say I was doing 50 to 100 clients per year. So no small change there. No small change. And it took me a while to raise my prices and, you know, all that. I mean, there's tons of business things that I've learned along the way. But yeah, it's weird that like I was, you know, I would shoot like 100 clients and not think I was a professional. Like it blows me away now and think back on it. For sure. I think that's a pretty common challenge that business owners face, whether they're a service provider, like a photographer or a coach or providing a product, there's still just always this lingering doubt that we have in our minds. So moving on to faith, which is important to both of us, I would love to know what you think, how being a Christ follower has actually impacted your life. What do you think decisions you've made either in your business or in your personal life have come as a result specifically of being a Christ follower? 
That's another good, hard question. <laughs> Sarah, you got the good ones, man. I want to know. Ugh. I've been a Christ follower for so long that it's just so ingrained in my life that it's hard to think of what my life would be like without it. And there's just certain times. I mean, I think I even said it earlier, like this weekend that I was just saying like, how do people live their life without Christ? Like, sure. I think some people call it a crutch. I'm like, yeah, it is. When you're broken and you are hurting, you need a crutch. Like you need something to be able to lean on. And so I think that's, it's kind of become a negative connotation, but in my, my opinion, I'm like, man, I do not know how people do it without it. It impacts every area of my life, every decision that I make, or I hope it does. Sometimes it doesn't always, but I try to think about it. I even have like a sticky note on my computer that says, but first pray before I open up my computer, trying to do that. Even today I was reading in James and it was like, don't just ask God to bless what you're doing. Like you really, before you set out on your, whatever you're doing, you need to ask God's direction first. And that was like, Ooh. I'm guilty of that for sure. sure. But yeah, yeah, we can just think about first thing you do is like, but is this what you want, God? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So definitely impacts all areas of our life when we allow it to, when we invite him into that. Right. That's awesome. So we're going to wrap up this section of interviewing Lisa with some rapid fire questions. And so here you go. Where would you go on vacation if money were no object and as a mom? no one else's opinion mattered. Because I know sometimes I give an answer about where I would go on vacation because I know what my kids would like or my husband would like, but just you going, picking a place, money was no object. Where would you go? I would go to Iceland or I would go to Alaska just because the beauty of it and being a photographer, like I think just, I'm not a landscape photographer. And every time I try to take a landscape photo, I am disappointed in it because I just don't feel like it totally captures what beauty I'm seeing in front of me. But that's just someplace I have always wanted to go. I, I love the warm and the beach and all that stuff. But the thought of just being able to see the beauty of those two places and the animals in Alaska and all that, that would be the dream. Yes, that's awesome. When was the last time you laughed really hard? This weekend, my nephew came home from college and my son and they stopped by our house and we played Jackbox. I don't know if you've ever played Jackbox. Yes, I love, we love Jackbox. Yes. And so we played for like two hours and it was so fun just having everybody there. It just made my heart so happy and just like yes. laughing. And of course I was the only girl in the room. There were six boys and me. And so a lot of inappropriate bathroom humor. Yeah, for It was sure. still really fun. That's awesome. What phone app? do you use the most? It's confession time. This is confession time. Instagram is my guilty pleasure. That is like being a photographer and it's being a photo app. I love Instagram. I just love it. I spend, I have to set a timer. I have to set a limit on my phone and I off too often blow past it. I probably need to set the, have the um, password be set something my husband can do. Cause like I blow, you know, like, Oh, your time's up. Oh, doesn't matter. Go another 15 minutes. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Yep. Keep going. My next question is what's your favorite day of the week? I don't know that I really have one. That's, that's a tough question. I know a lot of people, a lot of people love Fridays, but I think as a photographer, I often work on the weekends. And so sometimes that's a little bit overwhelming um, to try to juggle everything. Sundays. I do love Sundays because I love going to church. I love my church family. And Sunday night we do pizza night at our house. That's like our family pizza night. And my kids are home and we watch a movie and just hang out and I don't have to cook anything. And so I do kind of love Sunday nights. That's good. That's good stuff. And my last question is, and I truly don't know the answer to this one. What fashion trend have you said nope to that everyone else loves? Mom jeans. Mom jeans. (laughs) High-waisted jeans. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, thank you. No. Mm-mm. And like the short tops that go with them, like, no, no one look, no one. I do, I do a that. lot of senior yeah. photography yes. and these young, cute, thin girls wearing their mom jeans. It's not flattering. It's not flattering on the cute little teeny boppers. It is a hundred percent not going to be flattering on me. There you go. Lisa's strong right. opinion about fashion. <laughs> Those were good thoughts. Those were good questions. I appreciate those. Yes. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing. Now it's time for you to be in the hot seat. All right. All right. How did you know you were you were in education for way longer than I was? So how did you know it was time to quit your job as an assistant principal? And what steps did you have to take for that to be reality? And I want to, I think specifically, I know you've had to make some really big sacrifices. So I would love to hear, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So I was a teacher and a school administrator for 20 years. When I think about that, I'm like, but I'm only like 30. So how I must've started when I was 16. No, I'm a little bit older than that. But yes, I I did that for 20 years. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher, like since first grade, like you, Lisa, like I played with my doll and had my list. My sister and I would play school. I knew I wanted to be a teacher and I loved it. I moved into being a school administrator the last six years of being in education and I really loved it. I loved the work. I loved being with students. I loved working with parents. I loved working with the other staff members that help run a school, you know, the speech language therapists and the special ed directors that I never got to work with when I was a teacher. And I, I loved that work, but it was really a collision of events. I think that happened um, between me just getting tired of the work. Yeah. Um, the relentless work, like you mentioned in teaching is it's exhausting. And that, that emotional toll that it takes The other thing that was happening is my kids were getting older. They were in fourth and sixth grade and then fifth and seventh grade. And then the final thing that really put me over the edge was COVID. Everyone, education, it was rough. It just changed everything. And the demand on my job and my time, my husband is also a teacher. And so it was really a double whammy for us and our family. And I just there, it was a slow progression over time of me realizing that the physical and mental toll and emotional toll that it was taking was impacting my family. And I was missing out on my kids events. My kids both play competitive soccer and I was missing out on it. And I was missing out on the little things like tucking them into bed at night. You know, even in middle school, it was still like this time, this sweet time at night. And instead of being at home for my children, I was with other people's children, which I loved but I knew I was missing it with my own kids. And the last thing that really kind of put me over the edge to decide, well, obviously God called me to it. That was that was the biggest thing that God called me to it. But the last thing that really put me over was that my youngest son, both my boys went to school with me from preschool all the way through. So they were there with me every day. We'd ride to school together. It was awesome. But At the end of fifth grade, which would have been the end of 2021, my youngest son was moving from the school where I taught and worked at as a school administrator to the school where my husband works at. And it's about 45 minutes away. And I I just realized I'm going to miss every awards assembly, every after school event, all those little things because they're so far away and I'm working and I can't leave work. You know, being a teacher and an administrator, you can't just pop out (laughs) 
for two hours. Like it doesn't work that way. Kids, just hang tight for an hour while I'm gone. Just hang tight. Right. Like you'll be fine. And so that idea of missing out on my kids for these few years of middle school and high school that I have left, I had a moment yesterday um, that like we're going in as we're recording this, we're going into the holiday season. And I'm like, I only have four left with my oldest son, Mm -hmm. Anders. I want to soak it up. I don't want to get to the end in four years and regret like I missed it because I was working. Right. What's the point of that? And so the second part of your question is really the sacrifices. There there were a lot of sacrifices that we made. The first one is monetary because we went from being a dual income, full-time working family down to one and a teacher's salary at that and a recession at that and in a school district that is cutting salaries for people. So, I mean, it was a very big financial decision. And it really is a long-term financial sacrifice because I'm no longer paying into my retirement. Right. So people don't think, you think about like the the day-to-day financial sacrifices, but there are long-term sacrifices too. And it just was a decision that was so heavy on our hearts, both my husband and me, that we decided to make that sacrifice. But there were also sacrifices like my identity because my identity was in an unhealthy way tied into that work. And I was just a few short years away from reaching my ultimate goal of being a school principal. I had put in all this time and investment. I had a master's degree that I had gotten to be able to do this work. And I left that behind. I didn't realize it took me six or eight months after I left that job and retook quote unquote retired to figure out who I was apart from going to work every day and being called Mrs. Jacobson and doing that kind of work. So it it was really a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And there was a lot more in my life that was broken that we can get into in another episode that I really had to work on personally to be able to separate myself from that work and who God made me to be. And, right. and I can just say now, a year and a half later, I'm in just such a better place because of God's faithfulness and persistence to do that work in me. Yeah. Phew. That's, that's, it's a lot of sacrifices and things you just, even just being an entrepreneur, you don't realize like you don't have coworkers and you don't have people telling you yes. good job or telling you what to do that day. And so yes. there are some sacrifices. There's, there's a lot more than For just sure. monetary. So I'm glad you added those things. Do you have a family motto or a family rule or rule set of rules that makes your family look different from the world or from other families that are around? I don't know if it's a rule or not, but I think what makes my family different is that we actually really love to be together. And I I think that is a little bit strange. I have a seventh grade son and a ninth grade son. And I think you mentioned this, like a lot of parents dread the teenage years, but you know, my husband's a high school teacher. I taught sixth grade for years and loved it. I love this age. And I know for sure if COVID hadn't happened and if I hadn't quit my job, I would have just passed right by these years and it would have just been a blur. We have been very, very purposeful, mostly because of God's grace and mercy, to just love spending time together. We play a ton of games, board games, card games. We love to be together. We love to be competitive together and just have fun. And I think that that is different than the norm of most families that have two kids in middle school and high school that don't actually enjoy. And I I actually ask my kids every once in a while, like, what do you think people do at seven o'clock on a Friday night in most families? They're probably all on their own, own phones, in their mm-hmm. own rooms, doing their own thing. And that's just not who we are. We're not perfect, but we do really enjoy playing games together. So if you need some good game recommendations, we uh, 
can get yes, into. Yes, I would love that. And also, I need you to give me recommendations on how to get my boys to play games because they like dread them. And, and that's my husband too. So I'm always like, can we play a game? Yes. Yeah. We made an investment when they were really young to, to get them to do that. And we've just had to try a bunch of games. And we have some games in our closet that we don't like and we don't play, but we have some some standards that we pull out and play quite a okay. bit. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to get those recommendations for sure. That's that's another another podcast perhaps, but there you go. <laughs> All right. Tell me about a failure you've had in your business that you turned into a win and how you did it. This is such a big thing that I, I want to hear a lot about. Sure. So when I first started in my business, I didn't really know what I was doing. I knew I wanted to help women, but I didn't know exactly how I wanted to help faith-led women. And so I just said yes to like everything. And so I found myself saying yes to all these things, which I actually recommend at the beginning of your business. You do just have to say yes to everything. Like as a photographer, you have to say yes to weddings and babies and families and seniors until you figure it out what you actually love to do and what you're actually really good at doing and what you enjoy doing. And so I said yes to a lot of things. And one of the things I said yes to was speaking at a marriage conference. I love speaking. I love doing summits and online webinars and all that kind of stuff. It comes out of my love of teaching. And I said yes to this marriage seminar, which was great. It was awesome. It was, I highly recommend it. It comes out every May. It's so good. But after I got into it and realized how much work it was, and then I realized it wasn't in my niche at all because I had gone in a different direction, it really actually set me back quite a bit because I was spending so much time working on it and preparing for it and then promoting it. But I was promoting it to my audience, which by then wasn't the right audience. Some people would say it was a failure because it really did put me back quite a bit of hours and time and energy. But I just look at it as an area of opportunity for me to have learned that it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And we as business owners have to look at those situations where it's like, oh, I I booked this wedding and I really don't want to do it. Okay, go do a really good job and then never book another wedding again. You know, instead of just being crippled or paralyzed by that fear or anxiety around it, we can just say, okay, I learned what I don't want to do. Take it as a blessing yeah. and move And that's, on. that can be really, really powerful. Knowing what you don't like is, is almost as powerful as knowing what you do like. So that's 100% for sure. Tell me about not the moment you became a Christian. Cause I know you, I've known you long enough and I know that your dad was a pastor and you were probably like four years old when you became a Christian. Yes. But I want to hear about like when your faith became real to you, like when did you really start knowing that this is what you wanted and really start following hard after God? I think there were probably two moments that it was like a progression because I think our faith in Jesus really is this progression in this lifelong journey. One would be when I got married and then the second would be when I had my first son because I realized that who I am and who God was making me into, who he was making me to be, impacted Mm. other people. It wasn't just about me anymore. And that I really needed to get my life in order and get my relationship with God in order because other people were now depending on me and I was depending on them and I needed to be healthy in order to do that. And I think there have been a lot more moments like that over the years where where God has said, okay, Sarah, it's time to do some real work on your faith and trusting me and living in righteousness. But those two early on, you know, in my 20s and then when I was about 30, when I had my first son, that really, you know, there there are other people here that are depending on you and need you to be right hmm. with the Lord. Oh, that's interesting. I thought you were going to say like, I was on a retreat, you know, like all those <laughs> things where you have that spiritual high. But I love that even more because it's just right. such like a life right. circumstances really 
impact our faith. Right. So that's so good. All right. Right. Now it's time for your rapid fire fun questions. Are you ready? Sure. You have lived all over the world. You were a military brat. So yes. um, And I mean that in the most loving way. Yes. (laughs) What is your favorite place that you've lived? So my favorite place that I have lived, we lived in New York at the Military Academy when I was in second through fifth grade. So that was like 19, middle 1980s um, that I lived there. And I just loved it. We lived right on base with the cadets that were at the Military Academy. My dad did a lot of ministry with those cadets. They were in my in our home. You know, we'd have Bible studies and I would be there. I learned to ski from cadets. That was just a really formative time. And it was just a really fun time. My parents were in this amazing Bible study with all these other families that had kids. My mom is still really good friends with about 15 of those ladies. They get together once or twice a year. They're called the heart friends. They're so sweet. And that just really has impacted me for a long time. And it's the longest place I ever lived as a child. We lived there for four years and every other place we lived three years or less. And so it was just this really amazing place. And I just have a lot of really, really fond memories from living there. What is the grossest thing you've ever eaten? Okay, so I was thinking about this question, and it's funny because the grossest thing I ever ate, I didn't think it was gross when I was eating it, but then when I found out what it was, I couldn't eat it anymore. We were in Japan. We were at a Korean barbecue place, and we were with a friend who speaks Japanese, so she ordered all of the food, and we're eating all this meat that you grill on this little grill in the middle of your table, and we're eating this food, and it tastes like bacon, and it's so good, and my husband and I are like, we want more of it. We're eating it so good, and (laughs) she goes, do you guys want some more pig tongue? And we were like, uh, no. Yeah, it's best to not know. When you're it was overseas. the grossest thing, but it was so good, but I didn't eat any more at all. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. What old person tendency do you have? Okay, so I think the old person tendency that I have is just based on the way that our schedule is right now. But I go to bed really early, like especially in the wintertime, like between 830 and nine, because (laughs) we get up between five and 530. And I just really like to sleep. And so I really in my heart of hearts am a night owl. But because my husband and my two kids have to leave by 630 in the morning, our mornings dictate our schedule. And so we're up early. So I I think that's kind of an old person habit that I have. Yes, I would agree with that. I I do not like to go to bed early. So that would be a problem for me. Although you're right. Schedules, you do what you got to do. It's the season right now. Right. If money was no object, what frivolous thing would you buy? And it cannot be a house or a car. It needs to be something that truly is like very frivolous. Okay. So I'm not very good at this because I am much better at like thinking about what I could purchase for other people. And I definitely would redo our bathroom and like, I would love to redo some landscaping. We've done a lot of work on this house, a ton of work, but there are just some few, a few projects like that, that I would love to do. But the one frivolous thing I would do just for myself that feels very frivolous is that I would get a manicure every week if I had a ton of money. I mm-hmm. I don't do it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think too, like part of what it represents is if I were getting a manicure every week, it's not about the manicure, but it's about the fact that I'd actually have time to go get a manicure every week because it takes so much time. And right. part of the reason I don't do it now is because I'm really hard on my nails because I'm always cleaning and like gardening and all that kind of stuff. And if I actually had a ton of money, I could actually keep a, a manicure because I wouldn't be doing those things. Right. Yes. I have found the power of the shellac or gel manicure where, so I have done, I've started doing that a little more often than I used to. And it's become like, that's my one frivolous, like self-care item. And I've felt a little guilty about it. And then I'm like, no, I work really hard. And that's like the one, I mean, I do all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the, you know, all the things. So I'm like, that's right. That's right. But 
Yes, it does feel frivolous, but I love that because it's something, and you know what, Sarah, this is something you and I have in common. We're both very practical. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Finding a frivolous thing is like, hmm, hard. would be. It's a challenge. Right. Like it's, it's not a Louis Vuitton $2,000 purse. No, it's a $25 manicure. I can't keep nice (laughs) things so that a $2,000 purse would not be practical for me. Right. Sometimes I wonder if having boys like makes us a little bit just less. I don't know if I had girls, maybe, maybe we do more shopping yeah. or something, I don't, yeah. but maybe it's just my personality. Yes. I don't know. God knew we needed boys. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Okay. Um, I know you're a big reader. I Sarah am. loves to read I and do. reads a lot of books. So I want to know what book you've read more than twice. Cause I have, a, I only have a, like two or three books I've read more than two times and I want to hear what yours are. Okay. So I actually don't like to read books twice at all because if I've read it once, like I've read it and it's good. And I know that this is totally the Christian cheese answer. And I fully, fully, I'm going to say (laughs) that I'm going to say the Bible because, because this year, and I know you do this too, Lisa, um, Mm -hmm. we both do the Bible recap. And if you don't do it, I would highly recommend it. Get started right now. January is a great time to do it where you read through the Bible in a whole year. And it has been so amazing to read God's word from cover to cover as a story, as it unfolds. It has been so transformational to me just in a story level as well Mm -hmm. as a spiritual level. But that seeing that whole story that God had a plan. I I love people who have a plan. And so seeing that plan unfold from Genesis 1-1 all the way to the end of Revelation has just been so amazing to me. Not just little snippets here and there in a verse that, you know, speaks to me, you know, kind of the Instagram Bible of where we take it in little bits and chunks, but reading it every day, being in his word and seeing that story unfold over thousands of years. But it was perfectly planned. He knew everything that was going to happen and he had it perfectly planned out. So I, I recognize that's church, a little church cheese, but that's where mm. I am today um, with the book. And I will continue to read it every year because it's just so good. Yeah, I love that too. And I started it in 2021. So I read it cover to cover in 2021. And I am a very goal-oriented person. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, checked it off yes. my list. But I also think it's also a great way to start. Like I think the, the Bible can be really overwhelming yes. for people. And so to be able just to be like, to have the app tell you exactly what to read yes. and that you're, you know, and this year, so this year I decided to do it um, in order, like it's in chronological order. Yes. And so yesterday I read Acts, today I read James, tomorrow I'm going to read Acts again. And so it's like, it's just this really cool to see like they, they put it in order of how it was yes. written. And I think that's yeah. so yep. cool. So, okay. Last question for you. What movie or TV character are you most closely related to? And I want to hear this because we have similar personalities and I want to hear what you have to say. So I also am not very good at this because, I don't know, I just don't think this way very often. But the person that I closely relate to in some ways, but not all, I would say comes from my favorite movie and also one of my favorite books, which is Pride and Prejudice. Um, And I just, I really relate to Elizabeth Bennett's character in the Kira Knightley version. I can't say that I'm a connoisseur of like all the versions of Pride and Prejudice, but I loved her character because she is like the different one in the family a little bit and she stands out and she's headstrong and she's very independent in a time when that wasn't honored and valued. She spoke her mind she put her foot in her mouth a few times, you know, she let her pride definitely get in the way. But in the end, she really loved people and wanted to build a life that she wanted for herself and that wasn't dictated to by everyone else. 
And I, I think that that's me. Um, not exactly the way she is, but just that desire to forge a life that I'm called to forge and not just dictated by what everybody else says that that's who I am. And that perfectly sums up, sums up what I'm doing here in this business and trying to create a life that I love and bring in other people to enjoy that life as well. Oh, you are good. Mine are um, much more funny and frivolous. So yes, yes, I would love to know. Yes, I have quite a few. My husband and I even have like a husband wife team that we are very much like. We might have to spill that like on Instagram or something. Pay attention. Oh yeah, that would be a good one. Yes, yes. Now that we know each other a little bit more, let's talk about the two of us together. It's funny. We've been Facebook friends. Our parents are friends, but we never really have been no friends. I mean, not that we're not friends, but we were never friends. Facebook friends. I think it was beginning of 2022. I saw that you posted that you were like doing something new and you were starting a business and you would quit teaching or quit your assistant principal job. And so I was like, huh, that's kind of intriguing. I wonder like what she's doing. So I just reached out to you. I sent you a message on Facebook and the rest is That's right. That's right. Right. We really started getting together at Caribou Coffee and we just really wanted to have accountability for each other of getting more work done in our business. You were able to help me out with some business strategy because you've been in business longer. I was able to help you out with some accountability and getting organized and setting goals because that's definitely something that I do. And so we just started meeting and it has just been a blessing to figure out how to do business and life together because so much of entrepreneurship is doing it alone and being alone and, you know, like figuring it out by yourself. And so that has really been such a a blessing. And one of the biggest things that I realized as we were meeting together was that we really were doing things very differently. You have ways of doing your business. You were in up to your eyeballs at that point, really in photography before you've started making this switch into more business coaching and branding and doing branding photo shoots. And and I'm definitely more in the coaching space and building a course. And that even though we were doing different things, the basic principles of building a business are the same. We were figuring out what was working for us based on those principles that are similar and that we were just tired of doing everything that everybody was telling us to do everything we were seeing on Instagram, do this, do this, do this, don't do this. And trying to figure out what was going to work for us and making that path work, how it works for Lisa and how it works for Sarah and doing it the way that God is inviting us to do it. And even though we have totally different businesses and we do things very differently, we still have our, at our core, we're very similar and do things the same, but it's nice to have somebody to ask questions, to talk to. I mean, there's been so many, my business has changed so much since I met you just because there were a lot of things I was not necessarily scared of, but like, I just felt so overwhelmed and I didn't know how to do it. And it's just somebody who's like, you can totally do that. It's, you just follow these three steps. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, you're right. And so that has just been huge for me and just seeing, just having somebody to talk to. And, you know, we've ended up boxering all the time and just like, Hey, I'm having trouble with this or, oh my gosh, I had a huge win today or whatever. And it's just so fun to have somebody to be able to do that. I do too. I agree. That's been the same thing for me. And that's really where this podcast came from is we love being together. We love helping each other and we have a lot to offer that we can help other people with. Part of that is because we love podcasts. We are both podcast junkies and listen to podcasts all the time. We both love business. We love what business offers to us personally because we both love to work and we love what it provides for our family and the, the way we're doing it. 
I think the other thing that we really found a very common bond over was that love of education and teaching. And there's just so much to learn when you're in business, whether you're one year in or 11 years in, there's still more to learn. And even though we're still both learning, we know, we both know a lot between the two of us. We have a lot of experience and we know a lot of things and not that we know it all, but if you just know 10% more than somebody else, you can teach that person and that, you know, we both love to teach. So I love the light bulb of either helping you or somebody else, like in my photography courses or whatever of like, here's how to do something. And it seems scary and overwhelming, but it really isn't. It's just doing these three steps or whatever it might be. And for them to go, Oh my gosh, I have no idea. And to see that light bulb go on is just such, is so fulfilling for me. And don't you think the best advice that we get is from someone we know, whether it's, we've developed a relationship with them on the, on a podcast because we've listened to them for a long time, or it's a relationship like this that you and I have. When I hear it from someone I know and I trust, you can do this. Like you said, here's the three steps. I am so much more likely to do it than from some random Instagram post I saw scrolling through social media or some video that I watched from someone that I have no relationship with. Having a relationship with someone and being in their their ecosystem and knowing them and getting to know them like you are on this podcast, you're so much more likely to be successful with whatever strategy they're giving you because you know them and you can trust them. And that's our goal on here is so that we can help you with what we have figured out and all the mistakes that we have made and the things that we've done right or the things that, you know, Sarah's done that she's taught me or things I've done that I've taught her. And so we have a lot of give and take and we're very similar, but very different. We just felt like it was time for us to let everybody in on what the joy and the awesomeness that we have found together. And so that is our goal here on this podcast to be able to encourage you to help you, to teach you, to learn from you. We want to have open hearts that are open to learning because we know we don't know it all. But just to be able to have this community of people who are believers, who are building a business and doing the same thing, that we can help each other out. And I think the thing I would add to that of what we're doing on this podcast is we have learned together, Lisa and I, running a business means you really are the CEO, that this isn't a hobby. I don't just take pretty pictures on the weekend for fun and it's not just a small business. This is a business and I am a CEO and I have to, as the owner of my business from day one, be the CEO and be in charge. And I have to do what works with my values and my branding and my mission and my clients and be the expert of my business because so many people out there are allowing other people to dictate the way they run their business. And we want to put an end to that. We want to, through this podcast, help you become the expert in your business to position yourself as the CEO to learn how to decide which strategies are actually going to work for you and which ones you can just say, I'm not doing that or I'm not doing that right now and feel confident about making that decision and not feeling like, oh, I'm, you know, FOMO, I'm missing out on something. No, I'm the expert of my business. I know what works. I know what doesn't. And I'm going to do that. And that's so, that's such a great thing to have the confidence. And that is something really hard to do when you have your own business because you're constantly second guessing yourself. You're constantly feeling imposter syndrome. You're constantly feeling like you're making all the mistakes. You said you felt that way for eight years. Eight years. So if you can have that foundation of these are solid things that I'm going to build my business on, it doesn't matter what those solid things are. And they're going to be different for every single person. That's what we want to do. That's right. It's, it's a big goal, but it's exciting. In the coming weeks, we're going to be bringing you more great podcast episodes that have practical advice for your business and 
teach you how to discern if the strategies that we're teaching you are right for your business at this time. The strategies we're going to be teaching are good, solid strategies, but they might not be the right one for you at this time. And so we're equipping you with the information that you need so you can make that decision. We have a great guide that we're giving away based on our ads model, which we're going to be breaking down in the next podcast episode. So be watching out for that. But you can grab that ads guide right now. The link is in our show notes so that you can start learning the four questions you should be asking yourself every single time you're thinking about implementing a new strategy or hack or tip into your business. It's Black Friday when we're recording this, but I've gotten all these emails this week of like, buy this program. This is on sale. This is on sale. And I used our ads model in order to decide, do I want this program? Is it going to be something that's helpful for my business right now? And I did end up purchasing it. It was very much on sale and it was a good deal. And so I, I can't wait to dive into it, but I went through the steps to be, instead of just buying, and I think I would be influenced to buy a way more things and spend way more money because I didn't know how to break it down. Now that I do, that's what this is all about. The Christian business breakdown. So thanks for joining us today. Be on the lookout for our second episode where we tell you much, much more about that ads model. The ads model is really going to help you break it down so that you don't waste time, money, and energy on strategies that you don't need. So head to the show notes, check out our Instagrams. If you want to follow us personally, if you follow, want to follow the Christian business breakdown and to get that freebie. See you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's breakdown. If this episode has empowered you, please leave a review and share with a fellow CEO. Remember, you are the expert of your business, so break it down your way.